At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is the VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Here is Adam Burke. Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Thursday, October 5th edition of VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. I'm your host, Adam Burke. Happy to be with you to preview all four series here for the American League Division Series and the National League Division Series, all four of them starting on Saturday. We've got series prices out. We don't have all the pitching rotations yet, but I do have all my previews posted over at vcin.com and I highly encourage you to head on over there and check those out. Before I get too deep into the show, I want to let you know they are testing and going through and updating all of the fire safety stuff here uh, at my apartment complex, so you may hear a fire alarm in the background. I'm not in any danger, at least as far as I know, but just want to let you know here, and I'm sure our podcast producer, Stephen Jung, will do the best that he can to cut down on any of those sounds that do show up is actually one going off now, which hopefully you didn't hear on the recording. But before I dive too deep into the Major League Baseball stuff, today is the day. Our 2023-24 NBA betting guide has been released over at vcin.com. Jonathan Von Tobel, Zach Cohen, Kelly Bidlin, our big three, putting together the phenomenal written content in that guide. All 30 teams previewed, live betting strategy pieces, rookie of the year analysis, how to bet on player props, all kinds of really, really good content in that guide. The only way to get the VSIN NBA betting guide is to become a VSIN Pro subscriber. So head to vsin.com slash subscribe and go check out the subscription options that are available and get your hands on that NBA publication with the NBA season starting on October 24th. So a good bit of time for you to digest all of the information that's in that guide. Shout out to Matt Devine and our editing staff putting together a very, very sleek and sophisticated publication. We're proud of it. Hopefully you enjoy it. So head to vcin.com slash subscribe to get your hands on a copy. All right, so the Major League Baseball playoffs. We've moved on from the wildcard series to the divisional series. Wildcard rounds, all sweeps, all 2 nothing. Diamondbacks, Twins, Rangers, Phillies, the teams that advance here to the next round of the postseason. And I'll start with the American League series here. Those are the first two games coming up uh, for game ones on Saturday, starting with the um, Rangers and the Orioles. 
So really interesting series here, especially when you consider that in a lot of respects, Texas was the best team in that American League West division. Ultimately, they lose the division on the final day. Astros get the bye. The Rangers go and play the Rays. But the Rangers played two very, very good baseball games down there in Tampa. Got good starts from Jordan Montgomery and Nate Uvalde. They fielded better than the Rays did. They hit better than the Rays did. And here they are now moving on to this series against Baltimore, which, by the way, game one, very early, 10 o'clock Pacific time game on Saturday. So I'll probably be writing up game ones on Friday doing the daily article over at vcin.com so that I can get the podcast out quickly on Saturday morning uh, with not as much writing to do, not as many obligations and things of that sort. But I will say, I mean, credit to the Rangers. You know, they could have had a little bit of a hangover. They could have been sulking heading down to Tampa, and that was the complete opposite of what they actually did there. Now, the one thing for Baltimore and the one thing for all four of the home teams here in these division series, they have not played since Sunday. And in a lot of cases, the teams that have buys really have had nothing to play for for a while. I mean, it took Baltimore a little bit of time to close out the American League East because the Rays were so good. And the Astros, of course, you know, they needed the final day. I guess this more applies to the two teams in the National League where the Braves and the Dodgers really haven't had to worry that much for a while. But you don't get five days off during the Major League Baseball season in a row, except for the All-Star break. And, you know, if you're a good team, a team good enough of winning a division and getting a buy you wind up sending a lot of guys to the Midsummer Classic. So I do think it's a little bit interesting with all four of the home teams here in Game 1 to see if there is any rust, to see if there is any residual hangover from, you know, especially for the two AL teams, having to play day in and day out in some pretty high-stress games to all of a sudden taking five days off and trying to stay sharp, you know, with sim games and, you know, practices and batting practice and all of that. It's not the same as game conditions. So I do think that's a really interesting thing here for this series in general. Starting pitchers have not yet been named, at least not to my knowledge, but I think we'll see Dane Dunning in game one for Texas against Kyle Bradish. They can come back with Jordan Montgomery in game two, followed by Nate Uvalde in game three. The AL teams are at a little bit of a disadvantage because they play on Saturday and Sunday, whereas the National League, they have Sunday off to break the series up a little bit for TV purposes. So, you know, if you're an American League team, you don't really have an opportunity to just go with three starters unless you use some guys on short rest, whereas the National League teams will have that luxury. And that could be something that hurts a team like Texas, where, you know, Dunning, the likely game one starter, Montgomery and Uvalde probably going to be okay, especially with how Uvalde pitched against the Rays in game two. But then you might have to run out an Andrew Heaney or a Martin Perez, or a John Gray, somebody like that, maybe that's the turning point in this series here. So that's definitely something I think we have to think about as we go forward. Another thing to think about in this series is that Mike Elias and Sig Mejdal, who are two of the heavy hitters in that Baltimore front office, they came from the Houston Astros. Uh, Elias took the job in 2019 with Baltimore. Mejdal followed him pretty closely thereafter. Those are two very, very smart guys. And I'm not saying that the Texas Rangers are not a smart organization. I'm not saying that they don't embrace analytics, but I would fully expect Baltimore to be extremely well prepared in this series. Not all teams are going to be prepared as others. I think Baltimore will be very, very prepared. And frankly, I mean, what they've been able to do cultivating a pitching staff with a lot of non-household names, guys that were kind of cast-offs and journeymen, non-prospects, stuff like that, 
What they've been able to do with those guys illustrates what they can do at the margins from a pitching standpoint. And I do think that could be a really important element of this series. The other important element is, you know, Felix Bautista is done, torn UCL, had to have Tommy John surgery. But this was a Baltimore bullpen that was used a lot during the regular season. So the long layoff actually helps these guys, I think. We'll see if they're able to come out there and be sharp right away. But those are guys that had built up very, very substantial innings workloads, many of them for the first time in their careers. So that's something that I think does help Baltimore with the additional layoff. Now, all of that said, I mean, maybe offense is just the name of the game here. And Texas was the better offensive team. They hit 50 more homers. They had a 114 WRC plus, whereas Baltimore had a 105. Keep in mind, WRC plus is park factor adjusted. So Baltimore, I think offensively, they're a little bit behind the Rangers, but I think their pitching could be a little bit above the Rangers, particularly in games not started by Montgomery. And with the fact that Max Scherzer probably not going to be back in this series for Texas. So add it all up. I lean slightly towards Baltimore. It's not a strong position by any means. I do like Texas's offense because of the power production, but also games in Baltimore. And if this goes five, there will be three of them. Uh, the ball doesn't really carry to left field at Camden Yards because of the ballpark alterations that they made. It will carry to right field up there, you know, toward the warehouse, but it will not carry to left field. It's a big, spacious outfield that could ultimately help both pitching staffs. Uh, but I lean slightly towards the Orioles, who are now minus 115 at DraftKings and the Rangers, minus 105. And that did move a little bit this morning where both teams were minus 110 when I started looking at it. Let's talk about the Twins and the Astros here. Astros, a $1.60 favorite. Twins, plus 135 on the comeback. To me, I think this might be the most interesting from a handicapping standpoint of the four series. You know, for Minnesota, they get that gigantic, very obese monkey off of their backs. They win their first playoff series in about 20 years and they move on to take on the Astros. Now, the thing about the Astros is they are very right-handed heavy, similar to Toronto. The two key differences are, one, they're just a better offense, and two, their left-handed hitters, Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker, are elite-level offensive players. Toronto's left-handed batters were not elite-level offensive players, and Toronto only scored one run in that series. But as I talked about going into that series, Minnesota – the top pitching staff in baseball in terms of strikeouts, but also had the most strikeouts among batting lineups. So the Twins, you know, when you kind of look at this team, I think it can be kind of difficult to sort of project what they're going to do because here they are again facing another lineup in Houston that doesn't really strike out a lot. Now, the Blue Jays were unable to take advantage of that in that series in the wild card round. We'll see if Houston is able to do so. Justin Verlander officially named the game one starter. He'll go up against Joe Ryan in all likelihood. Pablo Lopez can come back for game two for Minnesota. Framber Valdez will get the game two start since Verlander's throwing game one. Then after that, it gets a little dicey for the Astros. I mean, I think Christian Javier is probably your game three starter. JP France maybe in game four. Then you come back with Verlander. You could use Verlander on short rest and then come back with Valdez in game five. It kind of all depends on the situation here. For the Astros, and I do think that's an advantage for Minnesota in this series. Their starting pitching depth is significantly better. So we'll see what happens here with this one, and we'll see how the Astros do decide to manipulate their rotation. But Minnesota, I think Minnesota's fine with Bailey Ober starting game four at target field if necessary. I don't know if the Astros are super confident 
in JP France starting game four. Because the thing about Minnesota is they hit for a lot of power. They strike out a lot, but they hit for a lot of power. France is not a strikeout guy. He's kind of the weak link, I think, of this Astros rotation where Javier hasn't been good, but at least he has the strikeout upside against a Minnesota lineup that will swing and miss quite a bit. So I do think that this series is just kind of littered with little potential edges, frankly, for both teams. You know, Houston was one of the best teams in baseball in terms of strikeout avoidance. As I mentioned, they were essentially a top five offense in the second half, top three offense. They got off to a little bit of a slower start early in the year, but, you know, Jose Altuve was hurt. Uh, Jordan Alvarez had some things going on at times as well. But this Astros lineup, I think, is very, very good. But this Twins lineup was right there with them in the second half. Houston, 127 WRC plus Minnesota, 124 WRC plus. So right there. Minnesota was third behind the Braves and Phillies and homers. Astros were fourth. Again, to me, I think the difference is Houston strikes out a lot less. And I thought that maybe that would be a bigger factor in that series for the Blue Jays. But the Blue Jays in the second half weren't good against above average right-handed pitching, and they weren't good against it in this past series. Houston will hit the good pitchers. They just have that kind of lineup. They've got, you know, they're organizationally so strong, so solid. They can hit those types of guys. So I do think that Houston does end up winning the series. I also thought that maybe under 34 and a half total runs was kind of interesting uh, because you have a Houston team that only scored four and a half runs per game at home, 5.7 runs per game on the road. Minute Maid Park can be a bit of a pitcher's park, and it should cool down a little bit at Target Field as we go throughout the month of October here. So I think under 34 and a half total runs might be something I ultimately get invested in. Still have over a day to decide. I don't have to make that call now, and I'm not going to. But I think that could be an angle to take a look at where the Twins do get a lot of strikeouts, do have a lot of really good right-handed pitchers to go up against this right-handed heavy lineup. This is about the best-case scenario you could ask for going up against Houston. Even though I think Minnesota is clearly a weaker team, comes from a weaker division to be sure, Uh, Minnesota just kind of matches up relatively well here against Houston. So I think that should be a very, very interesting series. We'll take a short break and we'll come back with the National League here on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. 
Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. All right, we are back on VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Please make sure you rate, review, subscribe, five-star reviews. Very, very much appreciated for this and all of the shows here in our VEASAN family of podcasts. And once again, Thursday, the release of our NBA betting guide, vcin.com slash subscribe. Make sure you check out John Von Model 2.0 in that guide. John's had some early success and some early failures with his NFL model. He details that journey on a weekly basis for us over at the website. He'll be doing the same thing with his NBA model as we go throughout the season. So very much looking forward to that and seeing how it comes together for him. All right, so let's talk National League here. We begin with probably the series that people are most interested in here for the Division Series round. That is the Braves and the Phillies, and the Braves are a minus-170 favorite here. Phillies plus-145. Phillies, of course, beating Atlanta 3-1 to in last year's Division Series, eventually winning the National League before losing to the Astros in the World Series. Look, I think it's a bummer for the Braves that they have to play the Phillies. You know, I mean, you win 104 games, you're the top overall seed, you get an upset here in, in the uh, in the wild card round, and the Braves still don't get to face the Diamondbacks. They wind up facing the Phillies. So we'll see if they can get revenge from last year's postseason. Philadelphia won game one, seven, six last year, lost game two, three, nothing, but then won nine to one and eight to three in games three and four to blow out the Braves and take care of business in that series. The importance of being a division winner is in the spotlight here because Spencer Strider will get the game one start for Philadelphia. My guess is Ranger Suarez will get the call for the Phillies in game one, followed by Zach Wheeler in game two, Aaron Nola in game three. Now for Atlanta, Max Fried is expected to come back. He's on track to return from a blister on his left index finger. He'll be in line to pitch game two, but game three is where it gets really weird for Atlanta. Now, again, as I talked about before the break, The National League series, they have Sunday off. They play Saturday, Monday. So the nice thing for Atlanta here in this series, and potentially the nice thing for Philadelphia too, you only have to use three starters in this series. So the Braves, who are very depth shy in the starting rotation, they can maybe get by with one game of Bryce Elder or you know an Allen Winans or an A.J. Smith-Shaver or however they decide to do it, and they'll get two starts from Strider, two starts from Freed if this goes the max five games. But that is clearly the weak link of this Atlanta team and and would be a concern going forward. You know, if they move on to the NLCS, I don't think it's as big of a concern here, although, you know, they probably will be a dog to Nola and the Phillies in game three. So that'll be kind of an interesting thing to see. As far as these two teams, though, while the the, Braves did win the division, did finish, I believe, 14 games uh, ahead of Philadelphia. These two teams were nearly identical in the second half. Atlanta 44 and 29, Philadelphia 42 and 31. And in the second half, the Phillies were substantially better in the ERA department, 398 to 496 or 476, excuse me, and stronger in FIP, 418 to 435. The Braves, of course, did have the better offense, though. And the Braves have had the best offense in baseball basically throughout the course of the season, except for the blistering start that the Rays had to open up the year. What makes Atlanta so scary is that when you look at this team last season, they had a 24.6% strikeout rate. This season, they have a 20.6% strikeout rate. So they shaved 4% off of their strikeout percentage 
offensively this season. So that really allowed them to elevate their offensive profile, put a lot more balls in play, get guys on base for when they hit, you know, league leading. I think it was 307 home runs. So that's what it was for Atlanta. For Philadelphia, they hit for power too. They hit 121 home runs in the second half, second to Atlanta who hit 138. But I think when you look at this series here, I think what will be interesting to follow is I think Atlanta, you know, with the strikeout decrease on the offensive side, I think they're probably about as good as last year's team. You know, even when you factor in the concerns with the starting rotation, at least in the context of a five-game series, I think Philadelphia is better. I think Philadelphia's bullpen is substantially better than what we saw from them last season. So I do think Philadelphia is live here. I don't think plus 145 is the bet, though, because you've got Suarez and Strider in game one, and the Braves have hit lefties very well throughout the course of the season here. And Strider, you know, despite what people think about him because of the higher ERA, he had a 302 expected ERA, 285 FIP. He didn't really pitch that badly down the stretch when he was giving up runs. A lot of bad luck in there, a lot of sequencing issues. We'll see how he pitches in game one, and this could blow up everything in terms of my strategy for this series. But to me, I think this series starts in game two. I think you hope that Atlanta wins game one and you can take the Phillies at a big plus money price going into game two because I think Zach Wheeler pitches them to a split in Philadelphia. If that ends up being the case, then it's a best of three where you've got the Phillies at home in game three where Aranola probably takes on Bryce Elder. And so I think that that's where you kind of look for a lever to pull in this series. The Braves are a big game one favorite, but I think that Philadelphia can win game two and can potentially win this series at a big dog price. Now, I'm on record as saying anything other than a Braves-Dodgers-NLCS would shock me, and that is, to some degree, still true, especially because Atlanta you know, is a $1.70 favorite in this series. But I think that this is a tough matchup for them. Running into the Phillies is a very challenging thing, and that was kind of the crash course that they were on. Philadelphia is maybe the best wildcard team of both leagues and maybe the team that has the best chance of knocking off the Braves. So I think we wait on this one. I think we wait and see what happens in game one. And if the Phillies win game one, it is what it is. I probably won't have a play in this series. But if the Braves win game one, I think I'll come back in on the Phillies series price for game two, giving them a shot to win three out of four with two Zach Wheeler starts and a start where Nola is in a good situation against somebody like Bryce Elder. So that's the plan that I'm looking at for that series. We'll see if it ends up coming to fruition. Finally, one more series here, the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks, and I do have two pre-series plays in this one. So, look, I mean, this is probably the least attractive series on paper by a pretty large margin. I mean, the Dodgers finished 16 games ahead of the Diamondbacks, won the season series 8-5, to but really wasn't that close. They outscored Arizona by 25 runs, Dodgers 5.5 runs per game, Diamondbacks 3.6 runs per game. But the thing about the season series is these two teams actually played two four-game series in the first two weeks of the regular season. So they played eight of their 13 games by April 9th. So not really much that we can take away from that necessarily. Look, I mean, we saw the Phillies last year. They finished 14 games behind Atlanta, still beat them in the division series round after surviving the wild card. Arizona doesn't have to look far for inspiration. And, you know, the things could not have gone better for the Diamondbacks in the wildcard round, to be honest with you. I mean, they got through the Brandon Fott start in game one. They used Zach Gallon in game two, who was a little bit shaky early on 
wound up settling in. The Brewers did cash the first five, ultimately lost the game. But they didn't have to use Merrill Kelly in game three. So Merrill Kelly can go in game one. Gallon can go on full rest in game two because of the off day. And then you can get Brandon Fott in game three. So this sets up relatively well for the Diamondbacks, at least in terms of, you know, what one of their shortcomings is, which is the starting rotation. As far as the Dodgers go, Clayton Kershaw will start game one. Bobby Miller should be named the game two starter. Ryan, I think Ryan Pepio gets the game three start. They could opt to use an opener, but then you come back with Kershaw and Miller once again. Here's the thing, though. I mean, the Dodgers are just far and away the better team. I mean, there's a run differential difference of 222 runs between these teams. Dodgers plus 207 run differential, Arizona minus 15. I don't know if this is the biggest mismatch for a division series, but it's got to be pretty damn close to the biggest one. Dodgers, 249 home runs, Arizona 166. Arizona's claim to fame was kind of avoiding strikeouts, but the Dodgers are good at doing that too. Arizona below average offense, 97 WRC plus. Dodgers a 116 WRC plus. Now the one thing for the Diamondbacks here, they are aggressive on the bases and the Dodgers are not good at all at controlling the running game. They allowed 142 stolen bases and only had 29 caught stealings during the regular season. So that's what Arizona has to do. If they get men on base, they need to be aggressive in this series. I think that they probably will be. I think that will be a point of emphasis. At the same time, the risk-reward is if you do get thrown out, then you're losing base runners, and you may not have a ton of those in this series against this Dodgers pitching staff. And the Dodgers are just a team that seems to kind of you know figure it out when it's most important. And for the Dodgers here, you know, top five bullpen, Diamondbacks, below average bullpen. Uh, the Diamondbacks, their top guys are pretty good, but their depth in the bullpen is not as good. And the thing about the Dodgers is they make you work, man. They make you work a lot of counts. So they will run up some of these starter pitch counts here. I think at this price, at minus 205, this is light on the Dodgers. This line implies the Dodgers win this series 67.2% of the time. I would expect it to be more often than that. So I like the Dodgers minus 205 here. The other thing I like in this series is Diamondbacks under 17 and a half total runs. As I mentioned in the regular season, Arizona 3.6 runs per game against the Dodgers. So if this series goes four, that puts them around 15 runs. If this series goes five, they'd have a chance at getting over it. But I don't think this series goes five. I don't think the Diamondbacks score a lot in this depressed offensive run environment. So like Diamondbacks, under 17 and a half total runs. You could find this over at DraftKings. You go to uh, series total, series team total runs under divisional round. You'll see Arizona there, 17 and a half, their number. Um, actually, it looks like this is, oh yeah, there it is. 17 and a half minus 110 both ways on that one. There is an alt total of 13 and a half at plus 210. I don't think that's really worth it just in case they happen to steal a game here. But I do think that the Dodgers really keep the Diamondbacks at bay offensively. So Dodgers minus 205 and Diamondbacks under 17 and a half total runs. My two pre-series plays here for the division series. But I'll be doing the podcast seven days a week. We'll be doing the article every day that there are games. Uh, So I'll be doing game one on Friday as opposed to Saturday. I'll just kind of get that out with some extra lead time. Also because you've got that very early game with the Orioles and the Rangers. So that's kind of the format going forward here for the AL and NLDS. Please make sure you rate, review, subscribe. Five-star reviews, very much appreciated. 
Thank you as always for listening, and I will talk to you again tomorrow with another edition of VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.